0: Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and I love to go around the world and try and interview the most interesting entrepreneurs that are involved in the app world. So, this helps you out because if you are wanting to be an app entrepreneur or if uh, you're already doing it, working for a startup, then you will be inspired by the guests that I get on this show. So, today I have a founder, a lot of founders, but this founder is unique because he has Quite a unique uh, app to talk uh, us through. Uh, he's the founder of Tag2, and his name is Yuchin Wang. And if you go to uh, Tag2, now I'm going to spell that out. It's T-A-G-G-T-O.com. Uh, Tag2. Obviously, all the notes will be on the AppGuy.co episode 279 of the show. Um, but if you do want to go and check out the app before you listen to the show, uh, it's always advisable. Just go to Tag2.com and download it. So Yuchin, welcome to the App Guy podcast.
1: Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, it's the reason I set the show up was to meet entrepreneurs like yourself. And I have to say that you've got uh, like an interesting app. Perhaps it's good to start off by telling us what the
1: app does. So, yeah, I started Tech2Journey back in 2012, actually, and it's been in several years. Uh, the Tech2 original was positioned as a social uh, e-commerce website, a social e-commerce app, So we released the first version in early 2013. And then after some feedbacks, we uh, released a second version in late 2013, just before the uh, Thanksgiving, the holiday season. So we got some really good feedback and some uh, loyal users, but we also learned a lot of lessons. So now, uh, actually, I already moved down to other development, and it's still there. I still got daily users, but not. I'm not uh, I haven't done really much uh, development for about like a year. Well, congratulations. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I it, mean, c- it can actually take a lot of work, can't it, when you get stuck
0: into like the development cycle and and, and creating features. Has that freed you up quite a lot? Uh
1: yeah, it's uh, uh, actually I quit my full-time job back in 2012. Uh, cuz I've been working in many startups, so I already decided, okay, I want to do something myself. Uh, I had some background in the e-commerce. So if you heard of, and I worked for a pretty big company called uh, Shopping.com uh, before, and they do a lot of e-commerce stuff. So that's why after I quit, I want to do something in that area. And in, if you remember in 2011, 2012, the social e-commerce were really hot. And uh, the Pinterest that just got started and uh, there's a few others and also just started. So I think I have, I got a really good angle. I want to do a picture-based product review. And that's my original goal. Well, uh, of yeah.
0: course, I must say, I love Pinterest because I, I was looking at my analytics and I, I have 50,000 viewers per month uh, who view the... Uh,
1: it's, so Pinterest is very powerful. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I want to... At that time, what I wanted to do is something uh, similar to Pinterest, but more focused on the, the commerce area. So, yeah, well, but, you know, like the, all the first-time entrepreneurs, you made all the mistakes, like uh, from uh, over-engineering to the unneeded features, everything. We made all the mistakes listed on the not-to-dos. Uh, but when you are so passionate sometimes it's really hard to avoid those traps. But you really need to do it to learn it. Well,
0: you, you China, you've really struck a chord with me already because there's one part of your journey we have to focus on. Uh, and it's the part of the journey that so many people uh, are too scared to do, which is quit your job. And yeah. back in 2012, then you're working for a startup. Well, to talk us through that time of your life and the story behind uh, how you had the courage to follow this pursuit and quit your job?
1: For me, it's more natural, actually. Uh, since uh, 2000, uh, since 2003, I started working for start- all kinds of startups. And uh, from really small ones, like uh, when I joined just with six employees and to some relatively bigger ones, like uh, 300 people, uh, I really like the startup lives, actually. Uh, because uh, you have a smaller team and the focus on more product, uh, less politics, and the people are really close. I made some really good friends there. I really enjoyed the experience. Actually, I even rejected Google offer back in 20, uh, 2006. That's supposed to be a... It was a really good offer, but I, I, I never regret it because I like the startups. Uh, after so many years, and uh, I... Th- I've been thinking what, I should, what I'm doing what's my next step. So uh, in 2012, I thought it's time because I felt I got enough knowledge of this industry and uh, also technologically wise, I'm more uh, mature. So I, I thought I could start doing something. That's the time I decided to quit. Of course, it's not easy. The quitting is never easy because we had a really good team and a really good company it took me a while uh, to really make the decision, uh, but I know that's what I want to do. So on the on February, I just say, okay, I think that's it. So I just give the notice.
0: Wow, that I mean, there's some things that we've never touched on in the entire 279 episodes of the show, and it's. The, the the culture of a startup and it's reminding me when I joined a, a rather large company but they had a London office with only a handful of people when I joined it was so much fun it was great the camaraderie the team building the the, the fact that there was absolutely no office politics unless you went to the head office and it was just great and and but the thing is it, it took me a long time because you have so much loyalty to the the company even though you don't have a stake or an ownership of the company you still feel very exactly. loyal don't
1: you yeah exactly so like for my first company when i joined i'm relatively junior so and also the company was a big the starts even though it's still a startup but it's a relative it's been several years so it's so i don't really get much uh stock but i made a lot of good friends there so we still even after this like uh, almost 10 years after the company we all left the company and we still have regular meetups. We still get together, have brunch, have dinner together. It's really a group of people. And, uh, you know, it's after you graduate from school, it's harder to make friends because everybody is busy, right? We don't stick together that long. Uh, but in that company, we made a, I made a lot of friends. I mean, that's a really great, great experience.
0: Yeah, I'm almost thinking like the app entrepreneurs listening to this show, uh, if you get to work in a startup and, you you know, you're starting out in your career, uh, you are probably likely, if, if it's a successful startup, you're going to be surrounded by extremely driven, successful people. And they will be throughout your life really valuable uh, when you start to do other things. Is is that right?
1: That's exactly right. And actually, the one part I missed most from the entrepreneur experience is uh missing those people's work with me so even though i still have a friends work with me together and i'm i mean greatly appreciate but still you don't have that many people to work with most people like for me it's just like a two people three people together i still get chance to meet great people, but you don't work in a day-to-day basis that's the part i miss the most actually yeah, thinking about it,
0: I missed that as well. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so but, but you've taken this very brave step and now you have dedicated your life, your focus is on TAG two. What was the, the, the first year like? That must have been, you said you, you made all the mistakes. Perhaps we can try and warn the audience away from some of these classic mistakes that you
1: made. Yeah, so first, I think the first, first mistake I made was uh, I'm too comfortable with my idea. Because I thought at that time, I, I checked around, I didn't see anybody had the, the same idea. So it's, at that time, the, the product was more fo- focused on the product reviews. We tried to create a new way to do product reviews. And uh, I thought that's really unique. I talked to some friends. They are very excited. And uh, so that's why I started working on it. But at first, because you know, I, I want to build something, uh, it's more like a prototype, proof of concept. So I spent a couple of months, maybe two, three months, to build a concept. Uh, I built a very simple backend. At that time, There's no parse.com, so nothing like that. So I have to build my own backend. But fortunately, I used to be a backend developer, so uh, technically it's not a problem. So I spent about uh, two and a half months just to build a, a prototype and then to demo that to a few friends. And then so uh, two friends joined me, and they decided we decided to work together on this one. So we spent another couple of months to finalize the features. So that's the first lesson learned is uh, the the process was too slow. I was too comfortable with the idea. So we spent too much time uh, prototyping and uh, trying to discuss, trying to figure out the features instead of just say, hey, let's just build something really rough with the core features and uh, send to the uh, app store and see what what people say that 's really what i should have do should I have done but i i didn 't do it that 's that 's the really big mistake i make
0: well it's it 's not uh easy to avoid because uh, when you 're working for a company, what I found is that you enjoy the freedom of working for yourself or working you know in a very small group and uh, but but that freedom means that you can get distracted by a lot of different things. And I'm guessing that launch is it, it, it's, it's incredibly important. But what so you're saying, what I'm learning from you, Yuchin, is that it, it just get something out there, get a minimum viable product on there and start iterating, learning from the, the actual people using it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's the core thing. Even though actually like all three of us, we've all been many startups, we all know, okay, you need to have a minimal viable MVP into the market first, quickly. But uh, when you really love that product, it's really hard to carve features. You think every feature you think is necessary, even though later I think, okay, for example, one example is, okay, we are like a social e-commerce website, right? Uh, App. So we think, okay, you have to have social connections, right? You have to let people to do the Facebook login. You have to let people to do Facebook share, Twitter share. All these things are necessary. But later, I, I think back for the version one, you really don't have to have that because you don't even know people will use it or not, right? If people don't use it, nobody's going to share it. Why build those features?
0: Yes, yes. What I'm also learning from you then is that uh, get your guidance from people using it. They will tell you when you have a missing feature that they really need rather than trying to second guess.
1: Yes, exactly. So later, my other friends start doing different startups, and when they talk to me, I found they all always made the same mistake again and again. And they always think, okay, all the features are necessary. Even I try to tell them, say, hey, you really don't need this social sharing thing because you don't even know people will like, use it or not. But they always think, uh, I, I can't grow if I don't have this uh, social sharing. I want people like it, they will share it, and then from there I can grow. I would tell them, okay, you don't really know if people are going to use it. They, they, they just don't say, don't believe it. That's exactly like what, what I, I was doing in 2012 and 2013. So it really takes time to take practice and you really need to fall to learn.
0: And, and so when I think about your app, am I right in saying it's, it's a little bit like Pinterest, but it's very focused on the product, the e-commerce, the consumerism side?
1: Yes, exactly. Actually, the current uh, app in the uh, App Store uh, is the second version. The first version, we had a quite unique feature. It's called Tag. That's why we call it Tag2. So basically, if you have a product, say you have uh, something you really like, you can take a picture of that product, you can tag on that pro- pro- picture and make very specific reviews. Uh, for example, if your phone's home button doesn't work, you can take a picture of phone and uh, tag on the home button, say, okay, this home button stopped working after one and a half years, something like that. So by doing that, I think we can make the reviews very specific instead of saying some general things. You don't. So as a user, as a reader, I don't have to go through a long paragraph to understand what he's talking about. Instead, everything is on the picture. That actually was the original idea. Uh, we had a user, a group of beta users, and uh, they actually liked it very much. That's the second lesson learned. So don't listen to what your beta users say. You have to have a blend test because when they are beta users, because we work some website acquire about uh, a, few, uh, a few hundred beta users. Uh, for those group users, they really like it, actually. They use a lot, and they do it every day, and they tagging everything they can see. And I was excited. But l- later I learned, okay, because those group users, they are dedicated beta testers, they, they genu- genuinely, they like everything. So they don't represent the real group of people.
0: That that, that is fascinating. So what what, what basically you're saying is that sometimes beta testers uh, from these websites that you can get uh, are a different group of people because they they are very used to beta testing products. And they're the early adopters and have no characteristics like the
1: mainstream. Exactly. So it's good to use beta tester to test your functionalities. For example, you want to know, okay, if my... Uh, share button works or like logging works. Text, t- using them to test functionalities is really good, and but it's not to it's not very good to really verify your features. You have to get some real user to test it. That's like a I think there's a book I forgot name talk, talking about this. It's really good. Basically, they said you can't let your mom test your app, right? Because they will say she will say, hey, this is really good. It's always good, right? Because, because she's your mom. Right. So that's the same thing, right? You, you can't, you let the beta tester test because they are beta testers. They know, okay, this is a beta app. They just say, okay, this is good. I love this app.
0: Yeah, you Yuchen, if you remember that book, um, we'll put it on the show notes. So it gives, yeah, people, okay. it, it gives people an encouragement to go to theappguy.co and check out your episode 279 and check out
1: for that mystery book. Okay, definitely. I'll, I'll find out and I'll send you a link.
0: Definitely. So the the other important thing as well, and we've kind of skipped over this, but you, you've left your job, you know, in 2012. You've got some friends they're working with you. Uh, how did you survive? Because I guess this is a genuine podcast. We try to give the true stories and not the, you know, multi-billion pound sellouts and how yeah, how you know. easy it is. <laughs> uh, how tough has it been to to be an app entrepreneur?
1: Uh I have to say, um, financial-wise, actually, it's, a, it's not that hard to me, I have to be honest, because uh, uh, I've been working for, at that time, almost for 10 years, so I have some saving, uh, for sure, and uh, also, my, a couple of previous startups had exit, even though I didn't get that much money, but still, I mean, it's good enough for me to make a living. Uh, so it's mainly it's more mentally it's a challenge because suddenly uh, you have all the time for you to to use right you can't do anything and uh, also from like I need to go to work every day and I stay home and uh, it's also a little bit challenging with uh, with my wife so it's uh, spend some time to really uh, we get together on that so that's, yeah, that's the challenging part. That's actually another lesson learned. So the, even though uh, to me, I, I would say we, uh, my wife also works in the technology area, so we understand each other very well, but uh, the startup is a long journey. And uh, you ha- you, for your families, so you really have very good communication to understand each other.
0: Yeah, I have to say that you're touching on a lot of favorite subjects for me. And like, for example, uh, the the fact that you built up a a nest egg and it's quite easy when you're like for me, I was working in the city as well. And you build up this really big nest egg. And the the challenge for me as well was mentally because uh, you are, I personally was institutionalized into the way of thinking and i had to adjust and, and and become happy on you know earning less and and not knowing where your next money's coming from and and being happy with that and also the the fact that people tend to assess you on your salary and when when you talk to them about being a startup and some months you don't earn anything and some months you earn a bit and they just think you're crazy and so it, it takes a long time to almost become comfortable with yourself as well as that right
1: yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly right, actually. And uh, you have to have your family support. Yeah, my wife gave me a lot of support on this, and uh, you have to have that support. You can't have, say, uh, you are doing this and your family doesn't understand it, and you won't go very far because you have you're gonna have two battles to to fight. That's too much. So you have to have your family support.
0: That that is this is great advice. So uh, there's two things that we need to do before uh, we say goodbye. One is that we love to try and uh, generate ideas uh, for the app entrepreneurs that listen to this show. And you sound like you're you're an ideas man. So I wondered if you had any app ideas that you've been thinking about, but you have no plans to work on.
1: Uh, Actually, nowadays I do a lot. Uh, Recently, I just released an app called Salsa. And uh, if you go to getsalsa.com, you will see it's an anonymous app. But now I took a totally different approach from Tag2. I always build the app as quick as I can. Uh, In this example, I built the whole app in about a month and a half, just in part-time, And because now I'm also working consulting just to support myself. And I just built the whole app in about a month and a half. Uh, It's an anonymous app for your workspace, for people to share their uh, daily excitement or frustration in their work. And also, they can do the uh, anonymous salary survey. Uh, so, every, the whole backend is built on uh, parse.com to simplify everything. So, I finished it in about months month and a half part time. So, after it's launched, I actually get some pretty good traction from Russia, which was totally unexpected. And uh, so, I have to add a translation feature because otherwise, I couldn't understand what they're talking about. It's Actually, it's quite fascinating to see uh, they talk a lot about uh, the financial, the economy crisis in Russia, how that impacts their daily, daily life and daily work. It's quite fascinating to see that. Uh,
0: I, th- I think you're on to something here because uh, clearly, you know, the day we live in, uh, we feel that everything is being open. Everyone's, you know, looking at our stuff. Uh, and what you're saying is we actually, uh, we want a not- anonymity. We want to be able to talk about things openly, freely, uh, without any fear of uh, you know, recourse.
1: Yeah, being tracked. Yeah, that's another thing I learned from my uh, the more than 10-year startup experience because it's more intense than the big company. I see people had really, really frustrated with things because people take things very personally. So they spend a long time working in the office, and when things fail, it's, it's real frustration so but people has to be has to hide it because uh, we're supposed to be professionals right we don't bring in the emotions into work but sometimes they just can't hold it so it's i think that's a lot of emotion it's messed up it's not captured so yeah that's one of the reasons uh, why i want to vote this salsa
0: Yeah. And I can imagine that there's not just the workplace that you need uh, anonymity when talking. It can be in clubs and associations and networking groups, all sorts of different places. Yeah. There you go. Some ideas. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing is that this is a show about apps. And so I would love to know if you have one or two apps on your phone that uh, you could talk us through. Uh, Maybe you can grab your phone and give us one or two apps that you think maybe we haven't come across before that would be
1: good recommendations. Uh, let me see. Uh, really, I, I talked about you talked to you just a while ago. It's a Periscope. I think everybody knows it, knows this one, right? So it's it's famous. It's everywhere. But I really think it's a whole new way to communicate. Uh, it's uh, suddenly everybody can be a reporter journalists right they can do everybody can do that and obviously they have a long way to go in a a lot of features they can build but i think now the infrastructure is there and the bandwidth is there the phone is much better and it's time for this i i really believe in that both uh, meerkat and periscope i think it's they they are hitting something big it's amazing the traction they're getting.
0: Actually, about 180 episodes ago, people may want to go and check this out. I had an interview with the founder of Hang With, and uh, it's exactly like streaming your own life. Uh, he managed to, at the time, raise about 2 million active users. And uh, what Periscope have done, they've basically done what he, his app was doing for, for years, uh, but they're using uh, the, the benefit of the Twitter and uh, uh, it's just it's massive
1: yeah i know what they do is really good is i think it's going to be going to be huge live stream has been there for quite a while and uh, from justin tv to uh, many startups uh, but i think what they're doing now uh, just doing the stream to public is something really cool really good
0: yeah, well, if anyone needs any more ideas, just look at Periscope and use and think about how you could use that in a dedicated app. You know, I'm thinking uh, you could uh, have a, a stream of your child in, in its cot. You know, your baby infant, and uh, or um, there could be uh, uh, like as a security feature, maybe spying on yeah. your spying on your work colleagues that are using your anonymity anonymity <laughs> app, yeah. so you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You just leave yeah. your phone somewhere and you can live stream that so lots of different uses yeah definitely uh, great well i'll make sure they're on the, the periscopes on the show notes i don't think people need uh, a link but if they do just go to the Co and search out episode 279 and uh, you'll get a link to to the uh, app that you mentioned this has been great how best can we connect or reach out to you you what's the best way of getting in touch
1: uh, you can everybody can you can always reach me on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, my handle is y c h w, or you can reach me on email always. Uh, it's Yuchen, tech, two, uchen h e n at tag two dot com. It's t a g g t o.
0: Great. Okay. And if people are driving, can't write that down, then again, just uh, go and check out the show notes. Eugene, thank you very much for sharing a very inspirational journey. And the fact that we've learned that uh, you uh, have some passion for startups, you've been working for startups since the early noughties and right the way through and, and now doing your own thing. It, it truly is inspirational. Thank you very much for joining us on the Guide podcast. Yeah, thank you. Romano listeners, go to theappguy.co to access the backlog of past interviews. I've got hundreds of interviews with startup founders, millionaires, entrepreneurs, and app developers, authors. It's a wonderful resource, and you'll get access to it. Uh, Initially, you can get it for free. Just go to theappguy.co and register, where you will then be able to access uh, off-air chats as well as past interviews. Thanks very much for listening.